We're thrilled to announce that we now have seven powerful devotionals available on YouVersion's Bible app. For those not in the know, YouVersion is the top Bible app in the world, and we're honored to be on this incredible platform. Our devotionals dive deep into the pillars that define the lion within us, health, wealth, and self. So whether you're seeking spiritual growth, financial wisdom, or personal development, these devotionals are tailor-made for you. So ready to embark on this transformative journey and unleash the lion within you? Head over to thelionwithin.us slash uversion to access our devotions on the uversion app. Join thousands of like-minded individuals and dive into the word with us. That's thelionwithin.us slash uversion. That's Y-O-U-V-E-R-S-I-O-N. And let's grow together and become the leaders God intends us to be. Welcome to The Line Within Us, a podcast serving Christian men who are hungry to be the leaders they're predestined to be. I'm your host, Chris Granger, so let's jump in. All right, guys, this week we've been talking about self and the pursuit of victory. Remember the verse of the week, Romans 8, 37. But in all these things, we overwhelmingly conquer through him who loved us. So how did I pick the pursuit of victory as the title for this week? Well, it happened to be the title of, a, of an amazing book that I got. I'm so excited to have me with me today. Mr. Clarence Haynes Jr., he's the author of this book. And we actually, I found Clarence by looking at a blog article when I was studying for the Lion of Judah, and his, his name popped up. I reached out to him. God connected the dots, and, and here we are. So how you doing, Clarence? I am doing fantastic, and I'm really excited to be here and just to talk to you and talk to your audience. So I'm really looking forward to this. Oh, I am too. I am too. And you were, you were so gracious. You know, Mr. Mr. Haynes, he sent me a, a copy of the book. I immediately put it went to the top of my pile, and I tell you what, guys, <laughs> it, this is one you just you just read through. I mean, it's start mm. to start to cover, read through, and I've read it probably three times preparing for this interview. I mm. just I just think there's so much great things, and and Mr. Haynes, when you started the book, you broke it down into three areas. You know, the foundation, the preparation, and the actions. Mm-hmm. And I just thought maybe we could walk through you know a high level each one of those sure. areas because you know these guys that are listening. They, they want they they're pursuing victory every day. So maybe Amen. from that foundation standpoint, mm-hmm. you know, how, what, where's the right way to start there? The right mindset. Well, again, if you're going to tackle anything, if you're going to win, um, the the first thing you have to do is is it's kind of lay the the right foundation. It's like if you're building any house or or business or family or ministry, it doesn't matter what it is. If you don't have the right uh, foundational principles established, then you're building, uh, you're, you're, you're living on a shaky uh, foundation and chances are it, it may sprout up, but it's probably not going to last. And Mm so, um, I started there specifically to lay out a foundation so that you can establish and identify who you are because understanding who you are, especially who you are in Christ, that is critical to you living a successful life, because if you don't know who you are and you're always asking that question, then clearly that's a foundation that's going to uh, trip you up and most likely cause you to fall in your life. Mm-hmm. Yep. No doubt. I mean, just, just that, that, that foundation, like the, the man who built the house on the sand, right? Exactly. Have- exactly. Because life is going to hit you. It's going to hit you from um, all different directions. It's not a matter of if, it's just a matter of when. And if you're prepared right, if you have the right 
foundation, if you have the right stuff that's in you, yeah. um, then when those things come, number one, you won't be surprised because you'll be expecting it. But more importantly, you'll have the, the ability to withstand it. And that's really um, where I wanted to start is just understanding some foundational principles that sometimes I think even as Christians, we don't even pay attention to or recognize. Um, and so that's why I wanted to really start there yeah. um, to give people the right perspective and, and the, the foundation of, of who they are. Um, and that's going to help propel them and prepare them for victory. Yeah, no kidding. So, I mean, the principles that you don't that you say Christians don't even recognize, what, what mm -hmm. jumps out? Well, I'll, I'll go back to one of the first things I talk about is, um, is the fact that you're in a fight, um, yeah. you know, and, 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 I, and I highlight that in the book and I start there on purpose because, you know, I don't think we realize what happens when we actually get saved. Right. We, you know, we, we, we focus on the euphoria of the moment, which we should, and we focus on the fact that, man, I've, I've crossed from death to life and, and uh, my name is now written in the Lamb's book of life and all my sins are forgiven. And, and those are fantastic things. And I want you to celebrate that because you should, but yet at the same time, in that very instance, we step right into the middle of a spiritual battle. Um, and it doesn't matter how long you've been saved, the very moment you give your life to Christ, you walk into a fight. Um, mm -hmm. And so we've, we've got to understand that. Uh, and, and again, I got saved when I was pretty young and no one ever told me that, uh, kind of figure that out later on. But right. imagine if we could understand that right away, how much more prepared we can be and less shocked when things start happening. It's like, but wait a second. I, I thought I, I just gave my life to Christ. Everything's supposed to be smooth and easy. And, and, That's and right. you know, no, you just walked into the middle of a spiritual battle. Yeah. Um, and, and so we've got to understand that. And the better and the more you understand that, then the better you can prepare yourself um, to withstand it and endure in the middle of the battle. Absolutely, because mm -hmm. it's, it's it's not all cupcakes and rainbows. That's for sure. Uh, yeah. <laughs> not in this life. Not, not in this, this life. life. Not, you know, not at it. all. I so. love. I do love how in your book you call out. You know, know your enemy, and you mm -hmm. made that very. I love the word enemy because that that is it. He's the adversary. So when you speak of that, you actually spoke about you know two enemies. Mm -hmm. So maybe unpack that for for the listeners out there. Yeah, you know, it's I, I I use the phrase we have an internal enemy and an external one. Mm -hmm. Um and if you look at scripture, um there's really two wars that we fight in 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 scripture. Uh the Bible says in Ephesians 6 that we don't wrestle with flesh flesh and blood, right? So wrestling is a is a is a um act of engagement and you know, uh I'll use the word warfare if you want. Yeah. Um, but we, we wrestle not against flesh and blood, but against powers and principalities. So, so we have a spiritual external enemy. We define him as Satan. And if you want to add all of his minions to that, uh, the, mm -hmm. the demonic activity and principalities, that's an external enemy. And that's part of the fight that we enter into when we get saved, because we just literally went from. It's, it's almost like a trade has happened. I was now playing on one team, right. and now right in the middle of the game, I get switched to the other team. 
Um, and so now those who are for me are now against me. Um, you know, Satan's not happy when you get saved. He, now you hear his adversary. More importantly, you become a threat to him um, because now you can be salt and light, which can push back the kingdom of darkness. Right. right? And so he becomes your enemy. He, be, he He's out to get you. He's out to to take you down. He's out to to hinder your effectiveness or to destroy your, your witness or destroy your testimony. He's out to do all of those things. All right. So that's your adversary, but that's the external enemy. You, you flip that over and now we have an internal one. Uh, the Bible in Galatians five talks about how the, the flesh, our, our fleshly nature that we don't, that we still walk around with wars against the spirit. It Mm. desires things that are contrary to the very, person of the Holy Spirit that God, that comes to dwell within us the moment we give our lives to Christ. And now we're stuck in the middle of this conflict. Yeah. And the Bible says that these two, the flesh and the spirit, they war against each other, right? So that you do not do what you want to do. They're constantly in conflict. They will never agree. They're not going to get on the same page. It's never going to happen. And so this fight and battle this external one with our enemy, Satan, and this internal one with our flesh, these are the two greatest wars that we're fighting in this Christian life. Absolutely. Mm-hmm. And guys, it gets better. I know some of the guys are like, man, <laughs> this, is, this, is, this is tough, but it, it does get better. You right. know, so, you know, I do, you do call out an area that you say, you know, which one is easier to defeat? So, mm. and you're, and you're, I, I'm curious how you want to unpack that. Well, Here's, here's one thing that I've discovered is a lot of times in our Christian life, um, we, we give a lot of power to, to Satan and, and it's right to respect your enemy or respect your opponent. You know, if you, if you've ever played sports, um, they always tell you, you know, you don't overlook your opponent. You always give a a measure of respect to your opponent. There's, there's nothing wrong with that. And Satan does have power and that's true. However, he doesn't have more power than you do. Um, and that's something we have to recognize. And, and here's a simple fact. The spirit of God, when you are saved, dwells within you. Right. We didn't, it's, it's not just a spirit. It's the spirit of God, which means that you are indwelled by the Holy Spirit, which means that God himself, if you think about this, God himself comes and takes up residence in your heart. Okay? That's right. Last time I checked, he was the only one who's all powerful, almighty, every knee will bow, every tongue will confess. Uh, He's alpha, he's omega, he's beginning, he's end, he's creator, he's before all things and after all things, right? That's who he is. And he says, I'm going to come dwell in your heart. So what does that mean? That means now that we have power over the enemy. And yes, he's powerful, but he's not stronger than the God that lives inside of you. Right. Right. And so because of that, right, because we, we have ability to, to overcome him, then that means that he becomes the easier enemy to defeat. And here's why. And I'll go over the second part in just a moment. There, if there's, there's so many places in scripture where, uh, think about what Jesus did. Whenever Jesus encountered a demonic activity, he spoke a word, he cast him out, done, gone. Okay. We can do that with Satan. We have authority in that realm. However, when you look at scripture and you look at our other enemy, that internal one, there's nowhere in scripture where it says, 
cast out your flesh and it's gone and you don't have to worry about it. Right. It doesn't happen like that. That's right. That's right. You know, it, it doesn't happen. I, I jokingly, I think I referenced this in a book, but I like to say that your flesh has resurrection power. Mm-hmm. Here's why. When you crucify it today and you go to sleep proud because you've crucified your flesh, praise the Lord, you've done that. But guess what happens when you wake up the next morning? It rises up with you. <laughs> it has resurrection power. Right. And so we're going to be in this rest, wrestle as long as we live in this body. And there's never a moment where the flesh won't be present. Doesn't mean it has to be, uh, we can't overcome it. I'm not saying that, right. but it's always present. We can resist the devil and he will flee. There's nowhere in scripture says resist the flesh and it will flee. Um, and so, so we have to be aware of that. And that's why Satan becomes the easier opponent to defeat as opposed to our flesh, because it's always there and it's constantly, we're war, it's warring against the, the, the spirit. There's nowhere in the Bible where it says that our flesh disappears as long as we live in this life or our, right. we never have to wrestle with it. And there's nowhere in scripture that says that. And so we have to be aware of that. No doubt. And I think that's, that's an area too common that guys don't think about, you know, mm-hmm. you, you think you get saved and you have the Holy Spirit, but I mean, you are, it's a, it's a daily, it's a, it's a daily fight. It really it's is. It's a daily fight. And that's why we have to do the, the, the things on a daily basis that gives us, that positions us to win. Um, right. You know, and that's why it's a, it's an everyday process. It's a, it's not like you just, that's why you can't just go to church on Sunday and think, and think that's all you need to do and you're good for the rest of the week. That's a recipe for disaster. Right. Um, You're not going to see any victory in your life. If the only time you open your Bible, the only time you pray, the only time you worship is when you get together in church for those 90 minutes to two hours on a Sunday, you're in trouble. Right. Right. (laughs) You're in trouble. You know, you're not going to have a whole lot of strength and you're not going to have a whole lot of ability to defeat either one of the enemies because you're going to find that you're going to be overpowered because you're going to realize that you are simply weak. You know, the old expression, seven days without prayer, makes one weak, W-E-A-K, uh-huh. um, not W-E-K. So, so it's, it's recognizing that this is a daily walk, a daily fight, a daily um, a struggle sometimes, meaning the, the, the fight between the flesh and the spirit. No doubt. I mm-hmm. mean, I, I tell our listeners all the time, you know, that, that Monday through Saturday, that man needs to be the same man as on Sunday. You know, and you can't, That's correct. It's, it's, it's not just a Sunday thing, guys. It's not I mean, a Sunday thing. <laughs> it, 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 so you're hearing it right here. So um, it's not a Sunday. Th- In fact, I would, I would even say that what you do between Monday and Saturday is more important than what you do on Sunday. Right. You know, right. Sunday is just simply the icing on the cake. It's not, um, but what you do, how you live between Monday and, and Saturday, I'll even take it a step further. If you want to identify who you really are, don't look at what you do on Sunday morning. Look at what happens in your life between Monday and Saturday. That will give you a real picture of who you are, where you are, where your strengths and weaknesses lie. Um, you know, I, I put this on my website. It, anybody can be a Christian on Sunday morning. Yeah. That's, that's right. easy. That's the easy you know, part. That's the easy part. I'm surrounded by other believers. Uh, they all, we all fellowship. We all love God. We're all singing the same songs. We're all worshiping. And that's easy. 
That's what right. happens Monday when you're in the office and now you're around the 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 person that doesn't believe the same way you do or is totally against everything you believe or has different lifestyle than you live and all these other factors that's where we begin to identify who we really are um and where our strengths and our weaknesses are and that's the old expression that's where the rubber meets the road um not on sunday it's monday through saturday that matters it really is i often said too you know if you want to see our priorities for a man you look at his checkbook and his calendar (laughs) <laughs> and, you know, you can see, does your calendar right. line up with God? I mean, would God be happy with the things that you're packing your calendar with? I mean, right. is family devotion a part of it? Is, is, right. is, is spending time in the Word? So mm-hmm. that's a couple areas to really have to consider there for sure. You know, as Jesus said, where your heart is, there your treasure will be. So where right. are you, wherever you're spending your money, that's what's important to you. That's what matters to you. And the same way, where where you're spending your time, it's, what, it's what's important to you. That's yeah. right. Mm-hmm. That's right. Well, this, the foundation. I love how you, how you cover in the book, guys. I think this is this is an area we got to get right. So we're gonna take a quick break and come back, and we're gonna jump into the preparation. Today is a great day to start your own podcast. Whether you're looking for a new marketing channel, have a message you want to share with the world, or just think it'd be cool to have your own talk show, podcasting is an easy, inexpensive, and fun way to expand your reach online. Buzzsprout is hands down the easiest and best way to launch, promote, and track your podcast. Your show can be online and listed in all the major podcast directories like Apple, Spotify, Google, and more within minutes of finishing your recording. Podcast isn't hard when you have the right partners, and the team at Buzzsprout is passionate about helping you succeed. Join over 100,000 podcasters already using Buzzsprout to get their messages out to the world. Let's create something great together. Visit thelionwithin.us slash buzz to let Buzzsprout know we sent you, and you'll get a $20 Amazon gift card if you sign up for a paid plan. That's thelionwithin.us slash buzz. All right, guys, back here with Mr. Haynes, and he's unpacking the wonderful book, of the, the Pursuit of Victory. So we're getting to the preparation area, and that's mm-hmm. you know understanding who we are in Christ. So. Uh. So why is it so hard to forgive ourselves here? Oh, my gosh. Um, you know, I, I, I just did a whole teaching on this literally just a little while ago, talking about dealing with and letting go of yesterday. Mm-hmm. Um, one of the hardest things for us to do is to, to let go of our past and to let go of especially... And, and and it actually affects us in two ways. Um, it's hard to let go of our past mistakes and failures. And sometimes it's hard to let go of our past successes and victories. Mm. And, and, and we don't often think about the other side of that, but sometimes we hold on to the ideal, for example, of the good old days. And we never realize that that was right for that moment, but there's more victory ahead, right? The victory right. is not designed just to be in your past. Victory is designed to be in your present and into your future. And sometimes we get stuck just looking back at past victory, not realizing that there's more ahead. Um, But on the flip side of that, we have a much more difficult time sometimes, I think, in letting go of our past failures and our past mistakes. Mm. And I think it's because of one reason is because we don't understand 
what happens when God forgives us. Um, you know, and I think we, you know, First John, for example, First John 1, 9 says, if we confess our sins, God is faithful and just to forgive us of our sin and cleanse us from all unrighteousness. Right. And so we hear that, but we don't know how to interpret that. And the truth of the matter is when God forgives our sin, the thing that he does, and this is the part that we struggle with understanding, is that he doesn't just forgive sin, but he cleanses it. And the cleansing part of that is, is the act of washing it away so that there's no stain left over. There's no evidence of it even remaining. So when God forgives and God cleanses, he looks at you and what does he see? He sees a brand new clean slate. The problem is we don't think of ourselves in that way. And we Mm -hmm. hold on to the sins of our past, um, struggling with, oh man, why did I do that? Why did I do that? Why did I do that? And And that cripples us and prevents us from moving forward because we're always looking back at the mistakes of yesterday. Right. You know, right. Um, in Romans eight, one, it says that there is therefore, or therefore there is now no condemnation for those who are in Christ Jesus. And so let me ask you this question. If you're listening to this, are you in Christ Jesus? And if the answer to that question is yes, then that means there's no condemnation. So it leads me to ask another question. What exactly is condemnation? Well, let me break it down for you. When someone is condemned, that means a, a condemnation is a verdict that is rendered in a situation, right? If a person's on trial and they are condemned, mm-hmm. that means they've stood trial, a verdict has been rendered, and they've been judged, and the judgment is against them. They're, right. they're going to pay the penalty for whatever crime or, or sin that they committed. Right. Well, Romans tells us there is no condemnation. So what does that mean? That means you have stood trial. That means a verdict has been rendered, and that means that in your particular situation, there is no evidence to convict you. Right. Not and guilty. So, not guilty. And so we, in Christ, that's who you are. You are not guilty. Now, you're not guilty because you didn't commit the sin. Yes, you did but you're not guilty because the judgment for your sin has already been put on Christ. So the penalty for it has already been paid. And so when you are in Christ and God looks at you, you are covered because he looks and sees that the penalty has already been paid. Right. Right. So that means you don't have to carry the guilt around because you're not guilty. Yeah. So you're cleansed and you're not condemned. And when you understand that, that frees you now to begin to walk into the things and the becoming the person that God wants you to be. But if you don't, then you're always going to be wrestling with this. Yeah. You know, and, and this is a trick of the enemy because one of the things he always wants to do is remind you of what you were. Right. What God is trying to do and convince you of is not what you were but it's to remind you or help you understand who you are. God is dealing in the present and the future. Satan is living in the past. Right. And so we've got to recognize that. And when you understand that, then you can move forward. In fact, what you can do, look at it like this. Your past sins 
simply become a marker or, or an acknowledgement of God's power and grace to transform you because what you were, you are no longer that same person. That's right. And so we have to identify that. And when we do, then we can start walking in confidence of who you are, knowing that, wait a second, my sins are forgiven. I'm cleansed. I am no longer condemned all because I'm in Christ Jesus. Yeah. And once you have that confidence, Satan can bring up the past all he wants. It will have no effect or power over you because your past has already been dealt with. Right. Right. And, and that's the power. We have to understand that if you have repented of sin, if you have of, of, and, and ask God to forgive you, then you have dealt with your past. Sure. And you can leave it there and keep moving forward. All right. And I think that's the hardest part for guys sometimes to just, you know, just speaking, I mean, this is a men's podcast, you know, mm-hmm. we, we, it's hard for us to forgive ourselves. I feel like we're so hard on ourselves sometimes right. and we just right. go back and we just keep re, you know, well, I haven't even heard guys say, man, you don't, you don't know what I've done, man. You don't, you don't know what mm-hmm. I've done. So, uh, but God does and God forgives. So right. it's just such a tough area for guys to get past. Well, here's, here's why I love scripture. Um, and, and, and this is why the reading the Bible is so important. Look at all the heroes of the faith, right? And all the, uh-huh. the, the personalities we have in Scripture. Right. Um, God never, when he tells their story, he doesn't leave the messy parts out. Right, right. And that's the beauty of it. Because we, and, and take any character, think, think about David, and we think of the heroic uh, you know, the man after God's own heart, yet he was the adulterer and murderer at the same time. Right. Chances are, for most people, there are some, but chances are you probably haven't murdered someone. Right, right. <laughs> but even if you have, guess what? God still called David a man after his own heart. Right. And so we look at the, the people in scripture, they all had issues, they all had struggles, they all did stuff that could fall under the category of, oh my gosh, you just don't know what I did. And yet in the midst of that, God still would call them righteous. And we look at them as heroes of the faith and, and men of faith and women of faith, right? We see that in spite of all of their mistakes and, and challenges and struggles. And that's the beauty right. of this walk. Um, you know, you read faith, you read Hebrews 11, we call that, you know, the, the, the hall of faith as some people refer that to. That's right. Just look at all the people listed there and look at their life. They didn't live perfect lives, but they were all redeemed and they were all considered heroes of the faith. And so we've got to understand that that's what, you see, that's what grace is all about. Yeah. It's not that you have to do it all right in order to receive grace. It's God gives us grace in spite of the fact that we don't do it all right. That's right. That's right. And once, and so as you learn to receive that and understand that and internalize that and begin to walk that out, then you're on a path to living a victorious life. No doubt. You know? But you've got to learn how to forgive yourself. You do. And I'll tell you mm-hmm. what, the, the analogy that you made in the book, the dry erase marker versus the Sharpie, <laughs> that, that hit home for me, right? right? So maybe maybe that could be something we can explore right here right now for the listeners. Out sure, there. The dry sure. erase versus the Sharpie, because I feel like so many times the guys that I talk to on a consistent basis, they feel like their whole life is in Sharpie. I mean, and, <laughs> and they went over it so many times it almost went through the paper, you know? So it's just, right. <laughs> uh, lo- love to get your take on that, you know, on why, on why you picked that analogy too. 
Well, well, think about it like this. If you've ever, um, and I have a daughter, I have an eight-year-old daughter, and she has a whiteboard. And if you've ever written on a whiteboard, you know, you have dry erase markers, and then you have Sharpies. Sharpies are permanent markers that once you write on it, they're designed to not be erased. They're designed to leave a permanent mark. With right. dry erase, you, you can write on it, and you can see it there, and then we can erase it, and you can clean the board, and the board is totally clean like nothing was ever there before. That's right. So often in our life, we live and we think that God looks at us and writes stuff down with the Sharpie. So you yeah. sin there, all right, you lusted there, all right, let's write down lust. And all right, you committed this sin there, so let's write that one down. You cheated there, you lied there, you yelled at this person, you cursed this one out, you did all of these things. And we think God is keeping score with a Sharpie on the board. That's right. not how it works. God is God marks it, right? Because he, he doesn't excuse the sin. So he marks it, but he marks it in dry erase. And here's the reason why. We go back to 1 John 1, 9. The moment you come and repent of sin, right? If you confess your sin, then God cleanses it. And right. just like the dry erase board, he takes the dry erase, he wipes it, wipes it clean, and all of a sudden, the board is clean again. Yeah. Now, the dry erase marker that he uses is the blood of Jesus. And, and, yep. and, and I mean, there's, I could go on and on, on. There's irony in that, that blood using to cleanse is kind of an a, a interesting irony, but we won't go there today. But God cleanses us, and he looks at the board just like the fresh dry erase board, and there's nothing up there. And yeah. so you come before God and say, oh, God, I did it again. And God is saying, what did you do again? Because the board is empty. <laughs> and we've got to understand that the problem is we think in Sharpie and we don't think in dry erase. Now, this is not an excuse or uh, yeah. to sin, or I'm not talking about the person who wants to willfully go out and, and live in sin and think, oh, I can just come back and ask God for, I'm not talking to you. That's a whole nother category. That's a whole different show. But for the person who is, who is wrestling and, and recognizes their sin and realize, oh my gosh, I messed up. Oh God, come, I, I, I seek your forgiveness. And there's genuine repentance for that person. God uses the dry erase board. That's right. And so we've got to get into the habit and the, uh, not the habit, but the understanding that when we repent of sin, God wipes the slate clean yeah. every single time. Because if he didn't, think about this. We just read in, in uh, we just remarked earlier in Romans 8.1, there is no condemnation for those in Christ Jesus. If he didn't wipe the board clean, guess what we will be experiencing? Condemnation. Right, right. That verse cannot be true if God is remembering all of our sins and holding them against us. That's right. Then Romans 8.1 is not true at all. Right. All right. But we know it's true. And because that's true, we can be comfortable and confident in knowing that when we come to God in sincere repentance, and sincerely asking for forgiveness, that not only does he forgive us, but he wipes the slate clean, and he no longer holds that against us. Right. Mm -hmm. Well, I, I just thought it was beautiful. I mean, for me as a as a as a man reading the book, when I got there, that was just a visualization that I hadn't considered before, and, and <laughs> it really it's something I think will resonate with a lot of people. So hats mm. off to you. I mean, definitely spirit led on that writing right there. But that was Amen. that was wonderful. Amen. Amen to that. Well, I tell you what, we'll, we'll take a quick break, and we're, then we're going to jump into 
what you guys, I know what you're after. All right, what are some actions I can take? So we'll sure. go after our break, we'll jump in and, and we'll talk about some action. At The Line Within Us, we discuss wealth a lot. And our sponsor at Investing for Beginners provides great resources for those wanting to take their knowledge of investing to the next level. Their monthly research e-letter is the best way to learn about the market and apply insight to begin growing your wealth. The newsletter tracks the founder's journey of managing a portfolio and shares how the decisions are made. For the beginning investor, this could be a great way to learn how to get started with investing from a company that is putting their money where their mouth is. I've been subscribing to their e-letter for quite some time, and it's something I look forward to every month, and I've learned a ton. They're a conservative group with an emphasis on a margin of safety. The Lion Within Us listeners can receive 15% off the monthly e-letter by visiting thelionwithin.us slash IFB, that's investing for beginners, and using the promo code LION at checkout. That's thelionwithin.us slash IFB, and use promo code LION to receive 15% off your monthly research e-letter. All right, guys, we're back here with Mr. Haynes. We're unpacking the pursuit of victory, and we're getting to the action part. So I know you're you're ready. You got your notepad. Okay, you want to know what to do. So you start off, Mr. Haynes, we're talking about stone hedges. So uh, curious, but why, why'd you go there? Well, the, the first thing I talked about was kind of building building a hedge. Um, you know, you've probably heard the term a hedge of protection. Absolutely. I pray that over my daughters every morning when we drive yes. to school. I mm-hmm. actually pray. I actually say those words. I pray a hedge protection hedge over you girls protection. today. Amen. Right. And so when we often think about a hedge of protection, there, there, there are two ways of thinking about it. The, the first way is when you're praying that, for example, over your daughters, what you're really praying is God, keep anything that's bad or that could hurt or damage them, keep it away from them. Right. Right. That's the hedge of protection. And, and that's good. And we need those types of hedges because they protect us in the sense that the goal is to keep things that can trip us up, keep mm-hmm. those things away from us. Mm-hmm. And so it's wise for us as men to create hedges. So mm-hmm. for example, there are certain places you should not go, mm-hmm. period. Right. And you know where those places are. I don't have to tell you. But you know, there are certain inclinations that our fleshly nature has, and there's certain places that you should not go. And so how do you, what do you do? You need to build a hedge to know, okay, I can't go there. There are certain things I can't listen to. You know, Mm -hmm. um, recently I was watching a show and I watched the show. And then after I watched it, my heart, my spirit, everything just felt dirty. Uh Uh-huh. And it was because of all the themes and everything that was taking place in the show. And I realized that I can't watch that. So I need to build a hedge to protect myself. And here's the simple hedge. Don't watch that. Right. Exactly. <laughs> yeah. Right. So there are certain things you've got to protect yourself from. Certain people, certain mm-hmm. activities, certain places, certain things you watch, certain things you listen to. You've got to protect yourself from those things. But a hedge also does something else. It doesn't just keep stuff out, but a hedge gives you some freedom so you can know where and how you can move about. In other words, it's not just a defensive tool. It's also 
um, it's not just a, a, a tool that keeps you trapped. It's a tool that actually sets you free. Right. Sure. Because now, you know, within this boundary, I can live and move and do everything I need to do. If you, if you think about it, think about what God did in, in the garden. He gave them a hedge. He said, Adam, eat from any tree you want. That's the hedge. But here's, but except for this one. So he gave him a freedom of movement within the garden where he could literally eat whatever he wanted. He just couldn't eat from that one tree. That's right. That, folks, is a hedge. God will say, and, and everyone is different. There are certain things that some men can do that you might not be able to do. Right. And that's why the Spirit of God has to help you in building and creating your own hedge. Now, obviously, there are certain things that are pretty obvious, but there are certain things, we, we, you know, those grayer areas that, yeah. that you know, well, for example, it might be okay for someone to, to listen to secular music. But for the other person, it's not. Sure. That's okay. God has to work with you. He understands what's in your heart and what's best for you. So you work with the, you come into agreement with the Spirit of God of what needs to be in that hedge. But the hedge is going to protect you and it's going to give you freedom to move around. And that's why it's so wise to build them. Definitely. Definitely. And I'll tell you one thing too, for for us as, as men, we need to be intentional about, you know, leading our families and putting those hedges in place. You know, That's correct. You mentioned TV that jumped right out to me too because we were watching. Actually, it was, it was I'm not going to name the show, but it was on Disney Plus. Mm-hmm. You know, and you feel like you maybe as a Christian man, I'm okay with my family if they're watching something Disney, it's okay. But I'm going to tell you what, there were themes in there that right. did not align with the Bible, mm-hmm. and I had to tell my daughters they're nine and, and eleven years old. I, Girls, we can't watch this anymore. You know, right. It, 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 the, the show got to a point they were touching on areas that that just do not align with the Bible. Mm-hmm. And at that point, I made a decision as spiritual leader of the house, and they they were they get it. They, they were a little bummed out, but we found an old show, right? But we right. I, I made that line and put that mm-hmm. hedge. So I, I'm just I appreciate that you went there with you know speaking to the importance of that. Let um, me can I give you another uh, yes, example? Um, in my in my line of work, I have the ability to travel, uh-huh. and most most of the time when I'm traveling. Um, Every now and then my family comes, but most of the time it's just me traveling alone. Mm. Um, and as you know, for many men, that can be a potential um, problem, yes. you know, because they're far away from home. They're possibly in a place no one knows them. Accountability is so low, right? Accountability yep. is low. So yep. now you are ripe for temptation. Right. And so I said, okay, if, if, if this is the possibility, how do I protect myself? and build a hedge. And so here's what I've done. And again, this, this is just me. I, I'm not saying every man has to do this, but this is just me. Um, if I'm traveling for work, two things I do, for example, like I, I, I don't have, I don't go out to dinner with another female coworker mm-hmm. unless it's a group dinner. Right, right. But for, for me, one-on-one, now I'm not saying that anything is going to happen and there's a possibility and re- realistically, it's probably not. Yeah. But why even open the door? That's right. Billy Graham rule right there. That's Billy right. Graham rule. But right. here's another reason why. Think of it from this perspective. I'm a married man. Yep. And what if someone sees me eating dinner with another woman? Now, it could be completely innocent, but the perception, um, and, and in this social media space we live in, all of a sudden, that can become a potential hindrance 
to my testimony. That's right. And so I, I watch those things. I make it a point to, um, you know, let my wife know where I'm at and, yeah. you know, and she can always call me at any point and I always answer the phone. Right. Unless I'm like fast asleep or something like that. That's right. That's right. <laughs> you know? And so whatever walk of life you are in, you have to recognize what are potential pitfalls and what are hedges you can build around them so you don't fall into them. That's a great point. I'm so glad mm-hmm. you went there. Because I mean, so many of our guys out there listening, I'm sure they do travel. And that's something you need to keep in mind, fellas. Yep. I mean, that, that is really great advice. Now, the second area that you talk about from action, this is something we actually unpacked in our earlier episode of the line with mm-hmm. us. We were talking about uh, the, the guest was talking about building a foxhole of men around you. Mm. You know, basically your team of, of brothers that Correct. you can lean on. So mm-hmm. you went there in your book, too. You talk about who should be on your team. So yes, right. maybe speak to that and give some advice to an action sure. that we should start taking there. So I want you to think about this from, uh, and I'll just throw this one piece of it out there. Who are the people in your life that you can be 100% transparent with? Mm-hmm. Uh, and let me phrase it even differently. Is there someone in your life? that you can be 100% transparent with. If that person does not exist, then you need to pray that God would bring that person into your life. Right. I think part of the biggest reason why so many men struggle and fall is because they don't have outlets where they can let everything down and be real and not be judged in the process. Right. Because the truth of the matter is, Everybody, we all got issues. Let, let's let's keep it real. We all got issues. Everybody got issues. So who can you talk to and share your issue with that's not going to say, but I thought you were a Christian. What kind of Christian are you? Or I thought you were a man of God. And That's what the enemy does. That's what the world does. Right. Right. We've got to have people in our life that we can be completely upfront, completely honest, and not only that, not only that we can be honest with them, but that they would speak truth to us mm-hmm. and tell us the truth and tell us when we're wrong and tell us, you know what, brother, I love you, but you are wrong. We need people that are willing to speak that way into our life. And if you don't have those people, then you need to find them. Right. Um, and I'll give you a very practical example. And this is what I've done in my own life. And, I, and I'm happy to share this. I have a team of um, myself and there's four other men and we, we connect usually every once a month on zoom. And, and these are men that I've known, um, for, I think the shortest one is maybe, uh, 10 years, actually probably 12. So these are men that I've known a long time. Right. And these are men that we talk, we can share truth. We can share our heart. We can just lay everything bare and we're there to not, condemn to correct yes to rebuke if if required to reproof if if needed right but to encourage to pray for each other to lift each other up you need that kind of those kind of people in your life they will keep you accountable to not only to just living right but we keep each other accountable to the things that god has called us to do right you know? and they're not all in ministry or anything like that one guy is a is a is a GM, a general manager. One person has his own business. One is a pastor. One works for a utility firm, right? But but they're all men of God, and we're all holding each other accountable. So you need to ask yourself, 
who is on my team? Are there people in my life that I can be completely honest and transparent with and trust them with your stuff? Because you can't trust everybody with your stuff. Yes. But is there people like that? And if you don't have those types of people, you need to ask God to bring them into your life because that's going to not only create, that's going to create accountability for how you live, for the things that God has called you to do, and for the person that God has called you to be. Absolutely. So mm -hmm. it's such an important area. And I think so many guys, they don't take this one serious enough. You know, and I think it's something we need to lean into and really, you know, take hold of and be intentional about finding those men that you can be, you know, vulnerable with and, and be mm -hmm. real with. And uh, the, the iron, it sharpens the iron. It sounds That's like correct. you have a, a great, you know, group of men that are, that are helping you grow. So uh, great advice. And, and trust me, these are men that will tell me the truth. Um, yeah, that's right. One, one in, in particular, I remember I was struggling with, with, I was dealing with a situation of unforgiveness in my life. And I shared my story with my friend, one, and he's one of my, my, my core. Yeah. And he looked at me straight and he said, Clarence, I hear what you're saying, but you are dead wrong. Right. And he confronted me with the thing that I was, I was trying to push the blame somewhere else. And he says, he looked at me, he said, you are dead wrong. And as I look back, I appreciated that because that put me on the road to correction and healing and forgiveness. Absolutely. Um, and so that was just a further encouragement in that, in that process. So build your team, folks, build your team. You, you gotta have the right team around you. Absolutely. And then once you build your team, you know, you got to align priorities and that's kind of where you went next. Mm -hmm. We talked about God, family, career, ministry. So many times we get those out of order, particularly as right. guys, we may put that career in front of everything. Uh, mm -hmm. So what, what, why is that such an important area where we need to get right? It's, it's really simple. Um, if you, if you look at the way life works um, and, and this is the way life is supposed to work. Right. It, it starts in our found, we go back to foundation, right? God needs to be the foundation of our life and everything needs to flow out of that. Right. And if, and, um, I was listening to a pastor who's talking about, I am is greater than, you know, the great I am, right. Is greater than I am. He's doing a, a series, but he's taught, he was talking about the heart and how as a man, we only have one seat of the throne of our heart. And the question is who's going to sit on that throne, Right. And it could be God, it could be your family, it could be your career, it could be your ministry. But if it's going to function properly, then God needs to sit on that throne and everything else needs to flow out of that. Um, now, where we sometimes get confused is sometimes we miss the other priorities, right? So we, sometimes we get God right. All right, God, I'm going to put you first, and that's great. But then we miss the other stuff. Right. So we, we need to recognize that, for example, as men, our priority, our first ministry is to our family, yeah. not to our job or our career. Those, those things are important, but it's to our family first, because those are the ones that God has given us to take care of and be responsible for. That's right. Um, and so if there's something interfering with that, then the problem is not the family. The problem is the other thing. And a lot of times we mix that up. Um, we think the job is in the way or the ministry is in the way. No. If you have a family, and by family, I'm talking about really immediate family. I'm talking about right. if you have a wife or even if you're a single dad and you just have kids that you're responsible for, that's what I'm talking about as family. I'm not so much, a, you know, 
your 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 fourth cousin or your your brother. No, I'm talking about those that you are directly responsible for. The ones you claim on your tax returns. That's right. That's right. <laughs> That's what I'm talking about. We got to make sure that we put them in the right perspective. Now, we don't worship family, but right. we got to recognize if if job or ministry is getting in the way and interfering with your ability to be there and be present and care for your family, then we got to start thinking and asking hard questions. Maybe it's is this the right job or is, is the, is, am I serving the right way in ministry? Right. And, and, you know, those are the harder questions when you start thinking about priorities, but that's why it's so important to align them in the right way. And if they're aligned in the right way, this all, again, this all goes back to foundation. If you start laying the right foundation, then your decisions and choices become a lot easier because you have a kind of a, a, a blueprint of how you go about prioritizing your life. That's right. And that's why it's so important to, to prioritize properly. And I share some more thoughts on that in the book, but it's yeah. so important to prioritize properly. You know, and guys, you can get off track. Full disclosure, I got off track. You know, when I started the line within us, that ministry all of a sudden went to the top. And mm-hmm. I was spending so much time, in, you know, just focus on getting the business going and lining up podcast guests and things like that. You know, you're spending every night, you know, working and my, my 11 year old called me out on it. She's like, dad, mm. I know that you, you're doing great things, but I need you, you know, exactly. Like, that, and that cut to the heart. Like I got it. Okay. So that was, <laughs> and then I read your book. I'm like, okay. So yeah, I hear you, Lord. I get to get those yep. priorities. And once you get them right though, it, it, for me, it just makes a very clear filter of how to, to make decisions too, you know, mm-hmm. of, of, okay. And I'll, I'll throw this out there. If you look at the way when, when God created, the earth, right? He created the earth in six days, and on the seventh day he rested. He didn't rest because he was tired. He rested because he was finished. Yeah. And I think sometimes we have this thing. There's there's this principle in in business is called the law of diminishing returns. And there comes a point by doing extra time does not give you greater results. That's right. And the results start getting less and less. Sometimes the more and more hours you you put into it. Right. And so we've got to learn in this society how to shut things off and prioritize things. Right. You know, and so I do a lot of, and, and again, I'll just use a practical example. Um, I do a lot of writing and, and I have both a secular job and I also am building a ministry with my wife, right? We have a ministry that we do. Um, and I have two kids, I have a son with special needs and I have a very active eight year old daughter, plus we're involved in ministry in the church. And so you start adding all of these things up. Well, here's the reality. There's always something that you could be doing. Doesn't matter. I mean, there's always, but there comes a point where you have to be intentional about saying, you know what, though there is something I could be doing today, I'm choosing to shut it all down. And that gives your body time to rest. That gives your emotions time to rest. That gives your brain time to rest. It's okay to do nothing uh, every once in a while or right. do something simple and fun or get the family together and watch a movie or, you know, me, it's, I'm a big sports fan. So it's okay to stop and say, you know, I'm going to watch the game today and not think about work or ministry or anything like that. Or yeah. we're just going to go outside. Let's go ride the bikes around the neighborhood. All those things are healthy, which keeps us balanced, which keeps us progressing on this path to victory. I love it. I love mm-hmm. it. Well, I'll tell you, you also mentioned, you, you made a, an acronym, and, I, and it, 
funny, funnily, you call it self, and that self is an area that we focus on to align within us. But mm-hmm. yourself, you're talking about was sin, excuses, laziness, and fear. Right. And these are areas that we need to watch out for because it can derail us. So, you know, how how'd you come up with those? Maybe give the guys some ideas and some weapons they can use to to fight off those those areas. <laughs> um, I'll, I'll talk for a minute about um, excuses. Okay. And just 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 for a moment. Um, because we don't, we often don't talk about excuses a lot. We talk about sin a lot. We talk about right. fear a lot. Right. We don't talk about excuses a lot. Um, the, the truth of the matter, if you really think about it, is that so often if something doesn't happen, there is a reason why. And a lot of times what we like to do is not take ownership if the reason is us, <laughs> you know? And this is yeah. not unusual. This yep. is not uncommon. Oh, yeah. I mean, we, we have a pattern here because it started with Adam and Eve in the garden, right? Adam said, um, God, you know, God looked at Adam, did you eat from the tree? Which is a yes or no question. And what did he do? He said, it's the woman you gave me. That's an excuse. Right. And in reality, what he was actually saying, he was saying, God, it's not my fault that I ate from the tree. It's your fault because you gave me this woman. That's right. That's right. I didn't ask for her. You just, you said you need a woman. So you gave me this woman. So it's your fault that I ate from the tree. And that's not taking ownership. If we're going to be real um, men, then we need to take real ownership of the decisions and the choices that we make. You know, oh, back in the day, um, the old comedian Flip Wilson, this is going back years and years if you're younger, you probably don't even know who I'm talking about. But uh, he was a comedian. I think in the 70s, he was a lot more popular. But he used to say, you know, the devil made me do it. Right. It's not true. Right. It ain't true. And if we're going to be stand-up men, then we've got to take ownership for our decisions and ownership for our choices. And the reason why that's important is because if you don't take ownership, then you can never have change or transformation. Right. Because it's always somebody else's fault, Um, you know, and we have to be willing to say, and I'm not saying it's always easy because it's easy to make an excuse because then that takes the blame off of us. It's harder to own up to it. But when we do, then at that point, we are ready for change and transformation. If you don't, if you keep making excuses, you're going to keep staying in the same places and repeating the same things over and over again. Um, and that's not what God wants. God wants us to change and transform, but we can't do that until we come to the reality that, you know what, I'm the one that made the bad choice, or I'm the one that made the bad decision. I've got to figure out a way of making better choices and better decisions in these situations so that I don't make the same mistakes over and over again. Sure. And that goes back to the things we talked about earlier about foundation and building hedges and setting priorities. All of these things are going to be helpful and and helping you so you don't get to that place of of making excuses because you're making better choices. Absolutely. I mean, I, it's all about ownership for me. Yep. You, you have mm-hmm. to step in and own it. Yeah. Absolutely. Well, well, I'll tell you what, Mr. Haynes, this has been a wonderful conversation. It's such, <laughs> Thank you. It's, the book is 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 just jam packed with wisdom and insight. You know, guys, check out the show notes. We'll make sure we get links to that mm-hmm. so you can go directly and, and connect with that book. Add that to your library. So, but. Mr. Haynes, where should they go to connect with you and to learn more about your ministry, things that you're doing, things that you're building? Sure. So uh, there, there's there's two things, and I'll, and I'll share a little bit about uh, my ministry. 
Uh, about four years ago, my wife and I, we started a ministry called the Bible Study Club. So this is a weekly Bible study that we do online uh, via YouTube. So if you go, if you go to YouTube, just type in the Bible Study Club and you'll see uh, many of our videos there and our studies that we've done. And the reason we started the ministry is it's really a discipleship ministry. The goal of the ministry is really simple. We talk a lot about earlier that Monday through Saturday living. Right, right. And that's really the heart of our ministry. How okay. do we live out this Christian life, not on Sunday morning, right. from Monday through Saturday? Right. Um, and so every Thursday at 8 p.m. Eastern, we do a Bible study on the Bible Study Club. Um, so if you want to learn more about that, uh, one of the best places to go, just go to my website, which is ClarenceHaines.com. And you can learn about me, our ministry, other resources that are available. And we're always adding new resources. And every week we're adding a new uh, Bible study. And um, our desire is simply to help move people along in their walk with God by teaching them how do we live out this life, this faith from Monday to Saturday. That's, right. for me, that's where the heartbeat of our ministry is. Because um, we do Sundays pretty good. So we yeah. don't have to worry about you know, we we have a pretty good handle on Sunday in the church. That's I'm not right. worried about Sunday. I'm worried about Monday through Saturday because that's where it all falls apart for so many people. So if you're looking for real practical uh, teaching, that's what I do. Um, we also have a mechanism where people can ask questions because one of the things we've recognized a lot of times in church now, especially in these days, the way services are run, we come to church, we sit down, people preach, we receive it, we get up, we leave, we go home. Right. No engagement. Right. There's no engagement and right. there's no opportunity to ask questions. Our ministry, we people are sending me questions all the time. And I absolutely love it because if you're asking questions, that means you want to learn. That means you want to grow. That means you're uh, willing to say, hey, I don't understand something. That's all good. And so that's an, another thing we provide. So um, we're available to, again, help people move their journey along yeah. by teaching them about living life Monday through Saturday. So, Well, guys, check out the show notes. We'll have you know a link to, to the YouTube channel. We'll have a link to his website. You connect with him right there. Uh, so I highly encourage you guys to do that. The question I want you guys to think about this week, you know, what does victory look like for you? Mm. you know, so pick up the, a copy of The Pursuit of Victory and, and, and let that soak in. There's so much scripture there. Mr. Hayes, this has been wonderful. Thank you so much, sir, for, for everything you provided today. Well, thank you for having me, and I absolutely enjoy this. I pray this is a, just a real blessing and encouragement to your listeners. Absolutely. So, guys, if you're, if you're liking it, share, share the line within us with others. You know, go out there. Send this to a brother. You know, as, he, as Mr. Haynes talked earlier, you know, we, you need to have a team. So maybe if you don't have a team, start building a team. So send it to a brother. You know, give us a, a, a like, a review. That really does help. Five-star rating, all that fun stuff. You know, go to the line within us to connect with us. So, guys, thank you again for taking the time with us today. Go out and unleash the lion within.